there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Welcome back to Alluring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the history and settings of different lore and legends from all around the world. And we will get right into it. Ryan, do you want to tell me what you found alluring this week? Um, I forgot to <laughs> come up with something, so I'm going to let you go first this week. Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. We're going to wild card it. That's what we call it, right? Because your sound's excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I started a new D&D campaign recently, and I just haven't brought it up here. So I was like, you know what? That is a great little alluring thing to bring up. Um, it's with the people um, Ryan and I have played with before. <laughs> Not oh, all of them, I, just the yeah. ones that live in the SLC area. Nice, nice. I don't know. It's I'm really jealous. fun. Um, do you want to hear about my character? Because I'm pretty proud of it. I would love to. <laughs> I am a Warforge. So I'm pretty much like a wooden robot. <laughs> oh. And my personality is a lot like a chaotic Baymax. I think that's the robot from the like yeah. Disney movie. The like healer yeah, one. Yeah, big hero six, right? Yeah, and I'm a druid, yeah. so that means I'm all like naturey. Wonderful. So like I'll like transform, and the cloak will like wrap around me to help form the shape of the animal, which oh, is really cool. cool. And he's pretty much like a giant chaotic dog. <laughs> so and um, my friend, me and her had it so our characters like met up. And she's like, what's her name? It's like Ellie Woods from Legally Blonde. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's her character, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and I am pretty much like her, what's it called, protege or something? Like her her project That's she's fantastic. working on. Yeah. So she like teaches my character words. <laughs> and my character will like call people things oh, that, that it shouldn't and it's really fantastic and she gets like mad when people treat my character like a dog <laughs> yeah is pretty much what it is it's great like it's super fun i'm loving it oh, everyone man. has creative characters our dms put a lot of work into it and nice. so 
I don't know. That's just like a really fun, exciting thing for me. I haven't played a good campaign for like a year, it feels like. But yeah. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Yeah, I haven't played like... D&D in so long. I'm jealous. <sighs> I I will always be envious of the fact you had a pirate campaign I could not be part of. Yeah, that one was that was the last that's the last campaign I finished. Okay. Cuz I've like started campaigns since then, but never you know, you know how it goes. Someone well, backs out and then yeah. like it just all falls apart. Well, to be fair, I feel like we finished the one. It's the same per, same friendless being the DM, the one where yeah. we were what's it called? <laughs> the horror campaign. Oh. Curse of Strahd. Yeah, our Curse yeah. of Strahd. I I always tell our DM, I'm like, you know, my character, Ryan's character, just got married and now rule it, and it's still as problematic as before. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more orc racism it's now. Like a blood <laughs> cult marriage with some. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. I know. He always says he's like, "You guys technically didn't get married. I will do a one shot for it." I was like, "No, because then you're gonna crash the wedding." <laughs> Straw just shows up. <laughs> Straw just shows up after we murdered him. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? I didn't even get an invite, and I feel hurt. <laughs> Never stopped him before. <laughs> okay, that should have given you a minute. That should have given you. I, rem- time. I remembered because I had a thing, but I forgot to write it down. Okay. Um. I got back into uh, building computers this week, and I've been um, performing surgery. I will not show you under my desk right now, but there are... My computer is not put together right now that that I'm currently recording on. It is currently under surgery. Uh, There's SSDs sticking out of it. There's SATA cables everywhere, Um, but it's come together. I got like a new power supply. Oh, nice. I got new hard drives. I got I got all sorts of stuff. Motherboard's next. Oh, so I'm afraid to do that. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like the worst yeah. part. To do. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been waiting. I'm like, man, one day I'm gonna have to like do it, but <laughs> I'm afraid to. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm d- yeah. Speaking it's been of going good. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's fun to to work on some new things. Yeah. Um, speaking of new things that come into the yeah. world, oh, oh, that's a that's an okay transition. That's it's it's a transition. It's, <laughs> do your damn opening. <laughs> uh, first off, do a little bit of that. A corn before oak, I knew. An egg before a hen. But I never heard of an eggshell brew. A dinner for harvest men. What are we talking about, Kimmy? Um, real quick, it made my video weird. <laughs> oh, I'll fix it. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, if you're expecting a newborn into the family, it can be very exciting time. But what if I told you the newborn that's coming could be swapped out for much more vicious creature? Parents, beware of the fake. Keep cold iron on hand and keep a close eye on the newborn, because if not, a fairy might just snatch it up and replace it with one of their own. But fairy babies are not magical bundles of joy. 
and are actually an absolute nightmare. So this week we'll be talking about our highly requested topics, changelings. Um, here is, am I pointing right? Oh, I got the, <laughs> the point right. We switched our <laughs> setup. I'm trying to get used yeah. to it. Um, for all the people that are watching our live stream, here is my little changeling image. It will make sense as the story goes on. And if you want to see this, you can go to our website, alluring.com, and check out our blog. Or you can go to our Instagram, where I post all of these with our episodes. So yeah. I love this one. I think this one's very adorable. It's a good one. <laughs> so, it's cute. It's cute, which is a little bit contradictory to what these creatures are. But hey, you know, that's mostly how these illustrations go. So... We got some good old changeling milk, and we're going to kind of tell you what's... as good as forbidden milk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I need to make a series of shirts where it's, like, the creature in, on milk cartons where, like, the nips are, you know? <laughs> oh, no. No, it's, like, the breastfeeding shirts. Listen. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Yeah, that'd be solid. <laughs> Listen, they're like pro mama shirts. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> Ryan was very concerned for a minute. Yeah, like, put nipples on all the cryptids. Like, <laughs> He's like, I don't have the heart to walk you through that. Why we shouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, so changelings are these fake creatures, and they were a major part of European folklore during the Middle Ages. So they're really popular between the 13th and 19th century. So they hung out for a whole while. Um, legends of these vicious infants have changed a bit over time and are now used in many different horror mediums from film to video games and much, much more. So, there have been many different legends of these mystical non-human babies from around the world, but one of the most famous ones talked about to this very day comes from Europe. So, <laughs> during the 12th and 13th century, many believed in fairies. Fairies were the perfect scapegoat and offered some degree of comfort and control to medieval people in a time of misery. Oftentimes, fairies would be blamed for a family member disappearing suddenly or to explain something that went wrong. So, when there was something strange or off about one's newborn child, blaming fairies was the best way to cope with what they were unable to explain. This belief in fairies combined with them being the best ones to blame quickly led to widespread fear of babies and how they were actually being snatched up and swapped with changelings. So changelings were even used as the perfect excuse to dismiss any odd behavior an adult may suddenly possess. So if you think of it in modern times, I hate that I wrote this analogy. It's a lot... <laughs> It's a lot like how people will dismiss weird behaviors celebrities have to them being aliens or like lizard people or clones. Mm. So <laughs> that's kind of the level of I'm trying to think of the word for Just it. Needing an excuse to like be like, no, nah, they're different. Yeah, like justifying strange behavior where you know a lot of people just do drugs is really what it is yeah, yeah <laughs> um a great example of this is king charles of england from the 1600s to 1649 was reportedly rumored to have been a changeling due to his peevish nature as a child 
and a nursemaid claimed that a figure appeared mysteriously at his bedside and cast a cloak over the sleeping baby's cradle. Oh. So, <laughs> it, it's just like how they would dismiss yeah. things that they didn't understand. Um, but listen, not everyone believed in fairies. And you know, the church was the first to say if it wasn't fairies, but demons. <laughs> Which we shouldn't even be surprised with at this point. But hey, um, even William of Overn and the liter literature class. Wow, that's the word I struggled with? And the literature class of which he was a part of would use changeling stories to demonstrate uneducated people's foolish beliefs and how they need to swap out their belief for childish fairies to something more plausible, like God. How dare you think they're fairies <laughs> they're demons come on people because <laughs> I'm, I'm stepping away from me being religious for a second you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like how dare you believe in your imaginary friend when you yeah. should believe in <laughs> mine, mine. <laughs> goodness so that's what's happening <laughs> and then People bought it, you know? Yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> so now, even with the church saying nay to the idea of fairies and the belief in changeling still stuck around to the late 18th century. For example, many parts of Ireland believed in them until the late 1895. So these are fairly recent if we kind of like back yeah. up and look at our whole timeline, you know? Um. But times were changing. The belief of fairies along with changelings started to fade. The Middle Ages turned to the Renaissance. People started to get more independent and control in their day-to-day -day lives and didn't need fairies to blame for their problems like they used to. Plus, everyone was starting to realize how maybe all these cases of changelings weren't real and the tactics used to get rid of them were hella unethical. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so... The, I did a great job writing the notes for this episode. I want to pat myself on the back because there's a lot of problematic stuff that I just... Oh, I'll get to that. Don't worry. Oh, great. <laughs> I avoided... We'll discuss that later. I avoided all of it just so Ryan can... <laughs> yeah. So um, there were even a collection of court cases where people blamed their actions on murdering someone because their victim was a changeling. Goodness. So, for example, in 1826, Anna Roach baked Michael Leshy, a four-year-old boy unable to speak or stand, three times in flesk. And flesk, I looked it up, is a container of pork that's particularly the fatty part. So, oh, awful stuff. Sadly, the boy drowned the third time she did it. She swore she was merely attempting to drive the fairy out of him, but the jury wasn't buying it and acquitted her of murder. So sometimes the justice system works. <laughs> so, sometimes. sometimes the yeah. justice system works. This is one of those cases. <laughs> God, that's terrible. Yeah, they they all probably believed in the other imaginary friend, and they're and like that's only two hundred years ago. Like that's not that long ago you know we we just have to take the wins in the court that we can at this point yeah. because there's, there's there's not there's not a lot ryan well we get yeah yeah <laughs> i almost became a criminal justice major almost but i feel 
a lot all the time. So that's why. Uh, times have changed though. And thanks to science, we are able to explain a lot of these behaviors that would easily dismiss a change lead swap during the hard times of the Middle Ages. So though less people throw around changeling accusations now, the legend of these malefic malicious infants are still a major part of pop culture to this very day. Um, so quick word breakdown. A changeling is a child believed to have been secretly substituted by fairies or the parent's real child in infancy. So changeling, change. Very straightforward. Love it. Great makes this part simple. Um, they're also historically referred to as Oaf or Oaf through European folklore. And in Germany, changelings are commonly known as, let's see if I can do this, Vexibel, Vexikind, Kielkuf, Dickkuf. So those are just like the different names see, pronounced. You it. get that one extra day for your notes? Man. <laughs> I just nailing it. Maybe we should just say we're going to record every Wednesday, <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, "Kimmy, I need a mental day." And yeah, I'm like, I "Okay, yeah. I understand." And then I'll be Perfect. ready because this there was because I had the extra day. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> I get. Plus, you also like are are German, so I would feel like an absolute asshat if I just completely butchered it right in front of you. Yeah, but my mom's gonna listen to this episode and come up. I start getting very angry texts from her. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually them right now. That's, that's her <laughs> right now, which checks out. Like, there's a lot of words I don't understand. Um, so there are many other pronunciations of changelings throughout Europe. But that's it. That's all you guys get from me. I felt like I did a great job. <laughs> and I'm going to give myself another pat on the back. And now I'm good. And I want to hand it over to Ryan. And he has some stories for us and an actual court case about changing. Ayo. Ayo. Shaking it All up. Right. So this first one is The Brewery of Eggshells, Thomas Crofton Croker by Ellen Lay. All right. Now, Miss Sullivan fancied that her youngest child had been changed by fairy thefts to use Spencer's words and certainly appearance warranted such a conclusion. For in one night, her healthy, blue-eyed baby had become shriveled up to almost nothing and never ceased squalling and crying. This naturally made poor Miss Sullivan very unhappy. And all the neighbors. Mm. A lot of crying, I guess. Um, by way of comforting her, said that her own child was beyond any kind of doubt with the good people and that one of themselves had been put in his place. Hmm. Okay. It's. Listen, I don't know. I just think babies will just cry at night. So I've never been one of those people that get upset when I hear a crying baby. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, they're trying their best. <laughs> but now, okay. Miss Sullivan, of course, could not disbelieve that everyone told her, but she did not wish to hurt the poor thing. Good for, her. for although its face was withered and its body wasted away to a mere skeleton, it still had a strong resemblance to her own boy. She therefore could not find it in her heart to roast it alive on the griddle, because that's what they did, I guess, <laughs> or to burn its nose off with a red-hot tongue, again, very problematic, or to throw it out into the snow on the road. 
Notwithstanding these and several like proceedings were strongly recommended to her for the recovery of her child. So, again, we're going to talk about some of these issues a little later. But one day, who should Miss Sullivan meet but a cunning woman, well known about the country by the name of Ellen Lay, or Gray Ellen. She had the gift. However, she got it of telling where the dead were and what was good for the rest of their souls and could charm away warts and winds and do a great many wonderful things in the name of nature. Oh, can I be the witch? Sure. Oh. You're in grief this morning, Miss Sullivan. You may say that, Ellen, said Miss Sullivan. In good cause I have to grief, for there was my own fine child whipped off from me out of his cradle without as much as by your leave or ask your pardon, and an ugly, dony bit of a shriveled-up fairy put in his place. No wonder, then, that you see me in grief, Ellen. Jesus Christ, they're all just roasting her child. They are. It's just sitting there like, bro. <laughs> if it isn't Faye, you're they're being real assholes. It, yeah. like, pokes out of the cradle. Damn. <laughs> it's like, I thought this was a nice home. Yeah. Jeez, Jeez Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> like, lights a cigar. <laughs> yeah. One of those days. Um, small blame to you, Miss Sullivan. But are you sure it isn't a fairy? Sure, echoed Miss Sullivan. Sure enough, I am to my sorrow, and can I doubt my own two eyes? Every mother's soul must feel for me. Will you take an old woman's advice? Said Ellen Lay, fixing her wild and mysterious gaze upon the unhappy mother. And after a pause, she added, But maybe you'll call it foolish. Can you get my child back, my own child, Ellen? <laughs> if you do as I bid you, you'll know. Miss Sullivan was silent in expectation, and Ellen continued. Oh, this is still being damn. Okay. You know, there's got to be a point where you're listening to an old person, and you're like, if you're telling me to harm my child... <laughs> Yeah, maybe. You know, well, we'll see. We'll see what she says. We'll see what she says. That's I just know. where I feel like it's going. Again, I skim through these stories. I just find Changeling twice, and I paste it, and we're good. Um, <laughs> put down the big pot full of water on the fire and make it boil like mad, and get a dozen new laid eggs. Break them and eat the shells, but throw the rest away. When this is done, put the shells in the butt of the boiling water, and you will soon know whether it's your own boy or a fairy. If you find that the fairy is in the cradle, take the red-hot poker and cram it down its ugly throat, and you will have much trouble with him after that, I promise you. So, translation there, for those who may have missed it. Um, throw your child in boiling water. If they are capable of getting out of it, they're a fairy. <laughs> So, like the old, like, if she doesn't drown, she's not, she's a witch. But if she drowns, well, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> well, one less maiden in the village to, to marry, that's all that is. <laughs> so, home went the terrible Miss Sullivan and did as Ellen Lay desired. 
She put the pot on the fire and plenty of turf under it and set the water boiling at such a rate that it ever water was red hot. It surely was. If ever water was red hot, it surely was. Sorry. The child was lying for a wander, quite easy and quiet in the cradle, every now and then cocking its eye that could twinkle as keen as the star in the frosty night. Over at the great fire and the big pot upon it, and he looked on with great attention at Miss Sullivan breaking the egg. He's saying the baby was staring at it like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, and putting down the eggshells to boil. At last he asked, and with the voice of a very old man, what are you doing, mommy? I knew you were going to see that voice. Miss Sullivan's heart, as she said herself, was up in her mouth, ready to choke her at hearing the child speak. But she contrived to put the poker in the fire and to answer without making any wonders at the words. I'm brewing a vic, my son. And what are you brewing, mommy? said the little imp whose supernatural gift of speech now proved beyond question that he was a fairy substitute. <laughs> I wish the poker was red, thought Miss Sullivan, but it was a large one and took time heating. So she determined to keep him in talk until the poker was in a proper state to thrust down his throat and therefore repeated the question, Is it what I'm brewing, a Vic? You want to know? Yes, mommy. What are you brewing? returned the fairy. Eggshells of Vic, said Miss Sullivan. Oh, shrieked the imp, <laughs> staring up in the cradle and clapping his hands together. I'm 1,500 years in the world, and I've never saw a brewery of eggshells before. The poker was by this time quite red, and Miss Sullivan, seizing it, ran furiously towards the cradle, but somehow or another, her foot slipped and she fell flat on the floor and the poker flew out of her hand and to the other end of the house however she got up without much loss of time and went to the cradle intending to pitch the wicked thing that was in it into the pot of boiling water when she when there she saw her own child in a sweet sleep one of soft round arms rested upon the pillow his features were as placid as if their response had never been disturbed, save the rosy mouth, which moved with a gentle and regular breathing. Wow. Who can tell the feelings of a mother when she looks upon her sleeping child? Why should I, therefore, endeavor to describe those of Miss Sullivan at again beholding her long-lost baby? The fountain of her heart overflowed with excess joy, and she wept, tears trickling down her cheeks. No. Did she strive to check them? There were tears, not of sorrow, but of happiness. Wow. So all she had to do was almost kill a fae, and her <laughs> baby just reappeared. What a I, story. The voice you gave it reminds me of the kid from, like, I think it's Shrek 3. That's what I was going for. <laughs> do the roar. It's <laughs> my favorite character in Shrek. <laughs> do the roar, daddy. I'm going to have to make a meme with that one because that's like exactly what I pictured was his head popping out of the cradle. <laughs> what you making, mama? <laughs> I, to be uh, honest, I may, I may throw a child into a pot if it 
<laughs> if, it, if it started talking like that, you know. Well, and then, you know, when they say, I'm 1,500 years old, that's when you know for certain. <laughs> if you have you had any doubt at all. Yeah. The moment... I'll go as far as saying that's probably the only time. <laughs> well, yeah. So if your child stands up and says, I am 1,500 years old, and, like, has some proof behind it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I like how it was like, I have never seen shit like this, mama. <laughs> yeah, I am out of here. <laughs> like, you've clearly gone off the deep end. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm gonna head out. Uh, yeah, good luck. Real baby back. <laughs> well, I like the thing, because the whole day is like, you should boil it, you know? And then she yeah. was like, well, let me just start this and see what happens. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to hurt did. it, which I yeah. am way more for than a lot of the other stories where they were like, oh, let's just take care of it. <laughs> All right. So this right. one is the Changeling Twins of Cor- Corvion. Once again, another Celtic folklore. So it should be good. All right. Once upon a time, in the 14th century, the wife of a man at Corwin had twins, and she complained one day to a witch who lived close by, at Tidden E. Bucard, probably butchered that, that the childs were not getting on, but that they were always crying, day and night. Would you like to be the witch again? Yeah, sure, I'll be the witch again. Um, <laughs> are you sure that they are your children? Asked the witch adding that it did not seem to her that they were like hers. I have my doubts also, said the mother. I wonder wonder if someone has exchanged children with you, said the mother. Oh, wait, said the witch. I don't know, said the mother. But why do you not seek to know, asked the other. But Alan, oh. I, oh, 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 wow! Sorry, this one's a little confusing, guys. I didn't, I didn't quite break it up as good as I should. <laughs> but why do you seek to know? We're just. She has a cough. I'm losing my cough. It's great. <laughs> Asked the wit. But how am I to go about it? Said the mother. The witch oh. replied, <laughs> "Go and do something rather strange before their eyes, and watch. And they will say to one another." Well, I don't know what I should do, said the mother. Well, said the other, take an eggshell and produce to brew beer in it in a chamber aside and come here to tell me what the children will say about it. So, if you missed that, the witch basically told her make beer out of eggs, uh, like the last story. Oh, so she went home. But and she did didn't tell her to kill her. Kill it. You didn't. So this witch is a little more chill. <laughs> so she went home and did as the witch had directed her when the two children lifted their heads out of the cradle to find what she was doing to watch and to listen. Then one observed to the other, I remember seeing an oak having an acorn, to which the other replied, and I remember seeing a hen having an egg. And one, two added, but I do not remember seeing anybody brew beer shell in, of a hen's egg. The mother then went to the witch, having her children suddenly talking. <laughs> and she directed her to go to the small wooden bridge, not far off, with one of the strange children under each arm, 
and there to drop them from the bridge underneath. You already hear first, folks. If you don't like your mama's cooking, <laughs> you're, you're going to be dropped from the bridge. Yeah. So the mother went back home and did as she'd been directed. When she reached home this time, she found to her astonishment that her own children had been brought back. So basically, all you got to do to like scare off a uh, changeling is just do something weird. Yeah. You don't even got to go to the murder part. You just got to go to the point where they're going to criticize your cooking. (laughs) You know, here's the other thing. I feel a way you can easily spot a changeling if you're not sure is if your infant, because these are all infants, if your infant is holding their head up to look over the crib. And talking. And talking. (laughs) If your one month old is talking and standing and like, dancing around <laughs> and criticizing your cooking <laughs> yeah. that might be something to look into <laughs> there, there may be some there may be some concern there yeah, there may be something there <laughs> all right so this is the burning of bridge cleary and this one is real correct yeah so this is an actual yeah. case that happened that was like went through the court yeah and all that stuff which we never get a lot no, of no this is great i think this is a first so, for us in actually. august of 1887 michael a 27 year old cooper and bridget an 18 year old dressmaker apprentice what is a cooper um is like a that like a i want to say it's not woodwork oh uh, they make wooden baskets yeah <laughs> it's like uh, it's not quite woodwork but yeah. it's like, it's like small woodwork all right yeah So they got married in a Catholic church, but did not move in together right away. Amen. Bridget was in Balladvella caring for her mother, and Michael was in Clomno. It's important to know that Bridget was intelligent, independent, educated, and beautiful, which was apparently a taboo in the early 19th century, and would be one of the reasons she's accused of being a changeling later in our story. Boilers ahead. All right. A year after caring for her mother, the two moved in together. Michael noticed how independent Bridget was. She would make home deliveries on her own, work around the house, and then it seemed like she needed him, and Michael did not like that. 1887, am I right, Kimmy? Uh, Yeah, times have changed so much since then. (laughs) His negative feeling about her being independent didn't faze her, though, and she did what she needed to keep the house running. On March 4th of 1895, she delivered some eggs to her father's cousin, Jack Doom. It was a three-mile hike to his home, in which she passed a place known as Fairy Fort. Many locals believed if you walked too closely to the fort that the fairies would swap you out for a changeling, and Bridget was always warned about it as she made her way to Jack's. They should really do something about that. (laughs) (laughs) They should put up a fence. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know, something. If it's really, <laughs> really that, the signs aren't enough. Yeah. If it's really that big of a problem, they yeah, need well, to be doing more to address it. <laughs> <laughs> so later that day, when Bridget returned from delivering eggs, she couldn't seem to get warm and spent the next day shivering and complaining about a raging pain in her head. Over the next few days, her condition worsened, and Bridget's father tried to fetch a doctor, but had no luck. Her husband then tried to fetch the doctor twice more before he finally arrived. Nine days after Bridget had fallen ill, he diagnosed her with nervous excitement and slight bronchitis. 
but mostly she was just excited. <laughs> and she was prescribed some medicine. Later that afternoon, a priest even gave Bridget a last rite, just in case. That seems like there may have been some preemptive planning. Yeah, well, like, she's been sick for nine days up to this point, right? Her dad tried to go get a doctor, and he was like, uh, he's not there, right? And then the husband tried twice, and then finally got him. So, (laughs) she's just excited. Pretty much... What is happening is the number of men are increasing in the house, but the number of brain cells are decreasing in the house at the same time. She said, well, she's dying of bronchitis, but what it really is is she's a little nervous. She's just a little stressed. (laughs) There's all these men around, and she's 18 again. I want to make that very clear. She's 18, and he's 27, so... Well, at this point, she would be 19. 20-something. Oh, 20. Because this is 1895. They got married in 1887. So, so. 20 and 29? Is that what it no. is? Man. Still Viewers, like it. Listeners, figure it out. You got it. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> we were here to read, not do math. You guys got calculators right. on your phone. <laughs> now, Michael was stressed, and to cope, he turned to supernatural explanation for his wife's illness. Naturally. He noticed that she was two inches taller and too attractive to actually be his wife. <laughs> That's when her cousin... And local storyteller, Jack Dune, accused Bridget of actually being a changeling. Jack then encouraged Michael to go to the local fairy doctor, Dennis Ganey, for a herbal cure. But even went as far as doing their own exorcism to rid her of the fairy that has now taken control of his wife. She is too hot! Are you seeing me? I'm just a guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a four on a good day. She was an eight because I don't settle. And now she's looking like a nine and I'm not feeling it. I can't handle a nine. Look at me. (laughs) And growing up doesn't make sense. So the next logical conclusion is to ask ask the storytelling cousin what he thinks is going on. I just picture him like bringing a ruler. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) The the party missed when she was wearing heels and he measured like the whole heel. I like to think he marks the door when she leaves. He's like, (laughs) bye honey, and marks it. (laughs) John Toller. And she comes back, he marks it again. He's like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she gets taller every day. She gets taller every day. <sighs> I mean, his wife is a dressmaker, so it's not, like, crazy to think, you know, maybe she bought some, like, heels or, like... <laughs> she was sick for nine days. Her posture's not going to be the best in those... Well, you get taller days. when you lay down. <laughs> Same. Oh, All right. Oh, my goodness. That night, her father, some cousins, and Jack pinned her down, and Michael forced her to drink the bitter concoction made of milk and herbs. Take it, you witch, or I'll kill you. They even threw urine on her, which I don't think had anything to do with her being a fae. I think they're just pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, um, someone was into that, and that was yeah, not consensual. and he threatened her with a hot poker, burning her forehead. Jesus they kept questioning her. But she seemed wild and deranged, which if someone threw pee on my head and then poked me with a hot stick, I too would probably be slightly wild 
I made you chug milk with herbs in it because that sounds delightful. Jesus. By the end of the night, everything seemed to calm down, and the two were happy with the exorcism. Michael was convinced he exorcised the evil changeling that had taken his wife's form. Now, this poor woman surprisingly woke up feeling better for the first time in two weeks. Don't ask me. She got dressed up to go out and enjoy her day. That afternoon, family even visited and some afternoon tea to see how she was feeling. It was all going great until Bridget asked for milk. That's when Michael's paranoia reignited, as he remembered fairies craved fresh milk. Well, I, I love a good old glass of milk. Am I a fairy? I don't think so. <laughs> but to Michael, you are. Yeah. Michael started interrogating her, but Bridget remained calm and told him, your mother used to go with the fairies, and this is why you think I'm going with them. Michael grew mad, forcing Bridget to eat several pieces of bread before throwing her to the ground. Why bread? Uh, he tore at her clothes, then grabbed a hot stick from the fire and set the fabric alight, burning her alive. Jesus. Yeah, but I try to really go through that quick. <laughs> so James Kennedy, being the only sane person in this story, yelled, For the love of God, don't burn your wife. We should all strive to be a little more like James Kennedy, I think. Yeah, <laughs> be um, a little more like James Kennedy today. <laughs> yeah, she's not my wife, he replied. She's no deceiver sent in place of my wife. Uh, later that night, he buried her in a shallow grave. Twas not angelic bread. <laughs> later that night, he buried her in a shallow grave about a quarter mile from their cottage. Michael then spent the next three consecutive nights waiting on Callingham Hill for the fairies to return to the true Bridget. At any moment, he believed she would come galloping through the ring for it on a white horse. He'd cut her free and they'd return home together. But you're not going to believe this, Kimmy. What? Bridget never came. What? Um, and on Wednesday, March 20th, when the police arrested Michael and several other people that were involved in her death, Michael was charged with manslaughter. Then Jack Dune and Patrick Boland, and four of Bridget's cousins were also found guilty. Um, apparently, this made international front-page news in 1895 and became a haunting reflection of how women stepped out of society's expectations. At the time, they could be accused of being a changeling and even murdered for it. I wonder what happened to James Kennedy. Um, <laughs> James Kennedy's not murdering his wife. He's probably the one who called the cops. <laughs> if I had to guess. He sent out a carrier pigeon. He was like riding yeah. it. He's like, oh, this ain't gonna get to the fast enough, <laughs> yeah. but we're gonna send yeah. it out. So that that was batshit crazy. If um, you change the slide, oh, you can see the... the Yeah, I forgot to change the slide. So that's them. Yeah. That's um, the mic shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the most psychotic stories. I mean, it wasn't a story. That was that was just a that criminal case that I've ever heard of. Yeah. So, um, if we should take anything from that story, is be a little bit more like James Kennedy. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let people burn people alive. I think is a pretty good. Uh, um. Yeah. That it just like went from one to a hundred, so yeah. so fast. You know what else goes from 1 to 100 really fast? Oh, what? How, how quick we're... 
Creating a website without the right tools and support is a lot like dealing with a group of wild jackalopes. At first, it doesn't seem too intimidating, but once you start, it becomes very overwhelming and you'll feel utterly defeated. But don't worry, because Bluehost knows its way around the wild, wild web and is here to help you on your website building journey. Bluehost has everything your website needs from startup to success, and they are there to help you every step of the way. Simply name your website, select a design template, and start building with the right hosting plan. Bluehost provides tons of ways to design your website, along with marketing tools, insightful analytics, and scalable growth. Y'all, I absolutely adore Bluehost because I was able to quickly design a website without having to mess around with a single line of code. Plus, they have hundreds of free and premium website themes to pick from, so it's easy to find one that suits your style and to create your very own website. And on top of all that, they have low monthly rates and a one-click WordPress installation with 24-7 support. With all their tools and support, you can just sit back, relax, and listen to the wild jackalopes whistle some jolly old western tunes as you easily build a website that can hold its own on the wild, wild web. Plus, our listeners who sign up get a free domain name for the first year. So what are you waiting for? Join Bluehost today by going to our website, alluring.com sponsors and clicking on our Bluehost banner. Again, go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on the Bluehost banner to start your website today. Welcome back, campers. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that little break. We are now going to talk about the appearance and history of changelings. So, at first, they look like, so appearance-wise, at first they look like a newborn and the parents can't tell them apart. But as time goes on, the appearance and characteristics of it start to unfold. Changelings form jagged teeth or long ones that will cut. they will cut themselves with. And combined with an extremely glutinous appetite makes for some poor sore nipples on the mother's end. Their eyes start to look soulless and even more pointed ears will start to form. Some would even grow a beard and the body would grow in strange proportions. Now, the best way to think of this, you know those really, those medieval pictures where the babies kind of look like grown men? Because they didn't yeah. quite understand proportions. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was kind of happening. <laughs> Love that. Um, so these once adorable newborns now look malicious and evil, and like they belong in a church painting from the early 13th century. And though changelings are typically referred to as fairies of um, fairy babies, there are a few instances when the changelings are actually senior fairies brought to the human world to die and live out the rest of their life in bliss coddled by a human mother. So <laughs> it makes the story tell so much better the idea that it could have been an old fairy on the yeah. end of their life. <laughs> it's like. I need a break, and then this lady started cooking eggshell beer. I had to get out of there. <laughs> and it's like, I'm done. I'm going to head out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, much like their appearance, their personality quickly changes. They are very happy. They are never happy. Sorry. They aren't very happy. They are never happy. They refuse to sleep. They are constantly noisy. They are terrified of their human mother and act in evil and violent ways to them. They are also very intelligent and possess uncanny insight. 
So when the changelings are left alone, they will dance, jump around, or play an instrument for fun. Um, as changelings get older, they will either die at a young age, be swapped back into the fairy realm, or they will grow up a normal life living as a human. So the ones that live a human life will either forget they are fairies and will sudden and like live out the rest of their life happy or will suddenly remember one day and then leave their human family and return to their fairy family without a warning, never to be seen again. So if these changelings are so vicious towards their human mothers, why do fairies give them away? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, or or just become one. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's that good old titty milk. Uh, human milk is a necessary part of any changeling's diet. And since asking someone to breastfeed a shark tooth infant is a definite no-no, baby swapping was the only way fairies were able to go about this. Plus, changelings actually have a much better life being raised by human parents than by fairy ones. So... <laughs> Just a lot of problems with that. Yeah. But pretty much, they... Oh, I saw you yawn. Ooh. Sorry, I have long yawns, <laughs> and I hate them so <laughs> That one dragged. Like, no, that's that was, not almost that like seconds. <laughs> I have... A lot of my friends will sometimes mess with me, and they'll just do it. Because they know if I can't finish it, I have to keep going until I finish my yawn. It's exhausting. Um, anyway, so uh, where was I? Okay, there we are. So now, why else were human babies being snatched up and swapped for changelings left and right? So we know they like the human titty milk, the forbidden mm-hmm. milk, the horchata mm-hmm. of the womb, I guess. Whatever you want to call it. Well, one of the main reasons is because fairies love things that are shiny and reflective. And a blonde-haired baby with blue or silver eyes was the human version of that. Because when, like, the sun would shine on them, I guess. Um, Usually it was the fairest, most beautiful children who were taken because the fairies craved and admired these traits. Plus, there were a multitude of reasons why swapping the infant was the way to go. So the first one, fairies just loved human babies. They're easier to care for than changelings. Um, fairies were the only ones that believed human care was the way to go because they like were more respectful kind of thing to the children. In yeah. Scandinavia, trolls considered it more respectful to be raised by humans than by their own kind and would constantly seize the opportunity to swap out their child for a human so they could have a good life. Huh. <laughs> um, then the next is human children will also be taken as a prize and live their life in the fairy realm as a servant. Many fairies would even take the child to get revenge on the parents for being cruel or trying to trick the fairy. So, worst case scenario, the human child would be given to the devil or used to strengthen the fairy stock, having them swapped out with the changeling and then just be tossed away. So, in the end, uh, the fairies would get a bundle of joy to serve them the rest of their lives, and they'd be able to pawn off their chaotic infant for better food stores and a better life. Overall, it was a win-win for the fairies. Plus, fairies loved humans so much that they also kidnapped adults. Mm-hmm. As we saw in my story. Yes, and <laughs> as we saw from your murder case. <laughs> well, jury's still out on that one. <laughs> jury's 
<laughs> not today. I'm not going to let that one slide. I'm nope, 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 nope. So fairies, fairies typically kidnapped newly married women or young mothers. So men are safe in this situation. Whew. So take a breath, relax, Ryan. You don't have anything to worry about right now. <laughs> I, on the other hand, no. <laughs> Um, so to make them their bride, so they kidnap them, make them their brides, and use them to nurse the changelings in the fairy realm. So when an adult was taken instead of an infant, an object would be left behind in exchange for the person. So that's how the fairies justify their kidnapping. They're like, I took your wife, but I left some sugar. So we good kind of thing. Um, this object would soon sicken and die so when they'd leave plants and stuff and the human mm-hmm. family would end up bearing the object to mourn the woman that was kidnapped by the fae which is like super sad but also if you're wanting to get out of a shitty situation you just leave a plant and <laughs> pretend you were taken by a fae and you head out which is kind of cool so like and no one would question it so yeah some people might. The ones that believe in the other imaginary friend would. <laughs> um, so now, overall, many were worried about being snatched up by fairies and being taken to the fairy realm. So one may be wondering how to stop this from happening. Well, guess what? I got a little handy dandy list of how to protect yourself and your child from a good old changeling swap. So I don't know. Do you want to like popcorn these? <laughs> Sure. Okay. Um, I'll do the first one. So don't look at a baby with envy. When you see a beautiful baby, talk about how blessed they are so it doesn't get the attention of the fae. Tying a red ribbon around its hand and or putting a red hat or cap on its head to shield its face from the light of the moon. This makes it so they aren't as reflective and shiny. Um, keep some St. John's worst flowers near. Apparently, it keeps evil fairies at bay. Okay. Um, say bless you to the child or give it a baptism. Classic. <laughs> constantly, like, constantly watch over the child. Like, no sleep for you. Watch Never over the child. Never look away from the child. Never. If you have to look away, you can only do one eye, if that makes sense. <laughs> Invert a coat in the room the child sleeps in. Uh, leave a pair of open iron scissors in the room where the child sleeps. Dangerous, but will protect them from the fae. <laughs> or listen carefully. In Irish legends, if you hear the sounds of fairies playing bagpipes, that means they're coming to snatch the child to your window. You just hear bagpipes in the distance. <laughs> Amazing grace <laughs> over the hill. <laughs> I love this so much because in high school, I lived right by the high school and they would have bagpipe practice in the mornings during the summer and it wasn't great. So I imagine it's that like awful in the distance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're not good at bagpipes. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Now, if it's too late, your baby has been snatched. Don't worry. We got a good old handy-dandy guide of ways to get your child back. Now, there are many different beliefs on how to get a baby back throughout Europe. Um, 
so some of these go from one to a hundred real quick because <laughs> it's where you ask. So yeah. first one is to just breastfeed at once. Many wives believe that their baby was swapped. They still had to look over the changeling or else the fairies would harm their stolen child and never bring it back. On the other note, just attempt to cook your child. Um, it's believed that the fae mother will notice their child is being mistreated and swap the child back and comfort their changeling. <laughs> and then the next is start cooking, as we learned from our story, or brewing mm. some eggshells. Um, they'll become so confused, they'll be forced to speak up and be like, bruh, what is going on? <laughs> So if you live in a house without a kitchen, good news. You can also just put the child changeling in a fireplace. Uh, once again, they'll jump up the chimney to escape as, and the human child will be returned. <laughs> and then the next is trick the fairy into giving the child back during an argument. So if you, for all you that used to watch the Looney Tunes, think of the scene where he's like, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, duck season. And then you just swap it where you go, duck season, it goes rabbit season. And it's like, ha, like that's, <laughs> that's exactly what you're going to try to do with the fairies. You're going to get them really focused, really agitated, and you're going to get that baby back. <laughs> um... Pass them through the Menatol Stones in Cornwall, which these stones are known to reverse the spell and curse children, which I looked up. Um, they're just some circular, they're just some stones with a hole punched right through the middle in yeah. the UK. They're like, there's a bunch of like things like that where it's the hole going through um, even vines and caves, and they're like fairy portals, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, they're kind of like fairy rings, but like... Gotcha. Vertical is a good way to think of it. Um, if they haven't been yet, go get them baptized. The fairy's going to leave their body, and they'll be back to normal. And if all of that fails, just try whipping them with a birch twig and pour some water from an eggshell over it while shouting, take yours, give mine back. The Fae will feel sorry for the challenge for the changeling and give back the newborn and take back the changeling to care for it. Very just motherly advice. <laughs> just bathe your children with eggshells and water from yeah. this point forward. Um, so, after reading that list of how to deal with them, you may be thinking to yourself, "Wow, Kimmy, some of those are awful. It could result in murder." Well, I'm yeah, here to tell yeah. you, there's actually a reason for that. Uh, sometimes it, I feel like an episode won't be dark. And then here we are. <laughs> so during pre-industrial Europe, it was crucial to the survival that a peasant family had all the members of the house work to support the homestead. It was difficult to provide any family member, let alone one who was a drain on the family's resources instead of them helping bring in income. So during medieval times, we all know medicine and science just really wasn't a thing. <laughs> so children with deformities, illnesses, or conditions that were easier to abandon or let them die than let them drain the family's sacred resources. So this idea would be hard for any family to try and justify. And this is where the belief of changelings came into play. Emotionally, it was way easier on families to lose the child to dismiss it by saying they were swapped out with a changeling and taken by a gang of fairies then to believe they were responsible for their death because they were unable to support them. 
So infanticide was a very tragic and real aspect of peasant life during the Middle Ages. Since changelings were known to have an appetite that couldn't be satisfied, parents were able to see these creatures as a threat to the whole family and resulted in killing them to save everyone else. So legends of changelings were used as a means to help families justify horrible actions during a very dark time. And this is why you'll see like a lot of paintings of peasant families where the babies look really skinny and sickly. It's just like mm. they they aren't getting the nutrients and there's no way they can because the family can't sustain itself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so very sad. I tried to not make that too sad. Because I really love babies, and it made me a little sad potato, so. <laughs> a little bit. But it's okay, because now we have our next segment that <laughs> will lighten things up a little. Brian, mm-hmm. it is time. It's time. Or is it science? Or the church? Now. Yeah, okay. I believe in you for this, because I have laid it on pretty thick. Yeah, this one seems pretty easy. I'm going to go with the church just because it's been brought up about 400 times. Yes. Are you sure you don't want to change it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it does, that doesn't psych you out, which is really funny because <laughs> it would psych it me used out. To. Early it used on, to. you would try that and I'd be like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> is she trying to help me? Then I learned you weren't trying to help me. No. You were trying to trick me. Listen, Ryan, I am never trying to help you. <laughs> if we could get that right right out in the open. Right away. Right away. Right away I am here to watch your downfall through <laughs> this segment. Goodness. <laughs> I spent all the time writing the show notes. This is my little, <laughs> this is my moment where I can just watch you struggle. <laughs> I need to add like a third category eventually so that it's not a 50 50 because i'm starting to nail it well, i mean assuming i got it right today sometimes i do sometimes i break science into like psychology okay if i feel like it's more psychology but we'll okay. see science in the church just like rolls off the tongue you know yeah. what i mean it's like <sighs> together like pb and j yeah it's like pb and j and then using petals yeah it's like you don't need the third Cold thing. Ends, not kettles. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure out ways to mess with you with it. Don't you like worry. Eggshells and beer. <laughs> eggshells. Uh, science, the church, and eggshells. Which of the three is <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> you can figure it out. So, you are right, though. I That's want you to one. take a moment. Oh! <laughs> was that you or was that the soundboard? That was me. Okay. <laughs> He's been he's been holding that one in for a minute. So. <laughs> so, during the Middle Ages, a majority of <laughs> you good? You got all of your system? Yeah, I got it. Okay, okay. As long as you're sure, that's what matters. So during the Middle Ages, a majority of people believed that fairies were a type of supernatural entity that impacted human lives, either positively or negatively. As Christianity was introduced and spread throughout Europe, the church came out chanting, we don't believe in fairies like Hook holding Tinkerbell in the live action. Oh, no. And preached about how these mischievous mystical creatures were actually just demons. So, fairies. (laughs) I love this picture. It's, It's really funny. So much. It's like that old weird renaissance art style and it's like a devil devil snatching up a baby 
grown man baby <laughs> and it's like it's the devil's the size of the child but it has man proportions and so do the babies <laughs> so and the mom looks like she's going through postpartum yeah. so hard <laughs> Is that a devil taking my baby? <laughs> and the husband is just like, honey, it's fine. And she's like, do you see this shit, John? Look at it. Same proportions as a grown man. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite. I love this art style because it just makes me giggle. But um, fairies were considered to be nothing more than an evil spirit. That was a result of when the devil had won the soul of a living being, only <laughs> affecting those weak in faith. And you know what? What's more weak in faith than an infant? <laughs> Literally, like, have you even prayed, kid? Come on. <laughs> pray. Get good. Can't even hold up your head. You can at least pray. Oh <laughs> I haven't even had a wine, my guy. So... Gosh. <laughs> so Babies, am I right? <laughs> Babies, am I right? We're told if they wanted to protect their child from being swapped out for a changeling, or becoming possessed and turning into one, they need to get baptized ASAP. So this is one of the ideas of where us getting baptized in the Catholic religion as newborns comes from, which is kind of a fun little fact. Yeah. So fairies could only take unbaptized children. And if the mother was too late and realized her infant was a changeling or swapped out for one, no stress. To perform a baptism, the de demonic possession would leave and the child would be back to normal. Easy. The church was rather harsh on those that didn't accept the idea that fairies were demons since they believed fairies were almost a form of hearsay and sin. The church used changelings as a way to help spread the message and convert many people to Christianity. They used a fear tactic to be like, hey, you want to help your baby? Because you can't. But we can. You know how? Pop them in our holy water and they're good for their life. That's all you gotta do. Bada boom, bada bing. So that's that's the church. That's what the church did. That's my segment. We tried to go through the sad parts real quick. I think we did good. I think that was yep. good. I'm pretty happy with that one. Bada bing, bada boom. I can only snap with one hand. If you oh. can guess which one in the video, I'll give you a gold star. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, it's time for some mother flipping modern takes with Ryan, and today's gonna be a little different. <laughs> Usually, modern takes is a little more lighthearted, like "Oh, I saw a goofy movie." Um, but unfortunately, today's is gonna be a little more serious, and it is kind of as we discussed earlier about the potentially problematic origins of changelings. Um, due to the unfortunate case of understanding of, well, the lack of understanding of deformities and neurodivergence that likely led to this belief. So I guess you, you didn't do, you did science for the church. So I'm doing the science now, I guess. Yeah. Not, normally science in the church is also which one I have the heart to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this one, I just felt it was so much. So I was like, I yeah, need to... I feel like it's important to talk about. You're right. If we're going to do a whole episode on changelings. You're completely Because there is right. a little bit of controversy around um, them. So 
A lot of medical experts now believe these days that changeling tales developed as an attempt to explain deformities, developmentally disabled children or neuro neurodivergent children. Uh, psychologist Stuart Weiss writes that modern parents, or just parents in general, have a higher expectation of their child. And when the child does not meet those ex expectations, parents are going to try and find something to blame it on whether that be a demon like the church or a fairy. Um, and then with changeling specifically, there's a condition known as regressive autism, which I learned about, where like the signs come later on, which kind of explains like them saying like, you know, you may notice changes like they're a perfectly normal baby, yada, yada, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I just felt like this was important to bring up. It might explain why it's so widespread, because this is something that's, you know, things that happen to humans all throughout time. And unfortunately, in ancient times, and even not even ancient times, apparently the 1800s, not too long ago, people just didn't quite have the same understanding of that as they did now. But yeah. And then, yeah, do you have anything you want to say? Because I also have a kind of fun one that we can move on to after to end on a more lighthearted note. Yeah, no, I think it is really good to bring it up. I was just like, I was sad on the infant stuff. So I was like, yeah. I, need, I need a break. And, but that's the thing is changelings, kind of like we were talking about, was used as a scapegoat and it was used to dismiss things that people didn't understand and sadly it was just like different types of autism or people that just learn differently and like nothing's wrong with anyone on the spectrum everyone just learns differently people are just people you know so mm -hmm. thankfully people aren't still throwing changeling accusations yeah. like they used to because a lot of the changeling like research i was finding some of it was like describing um children that are born with autism and different things but it just felt like it wasn't so much the fairy aspect so i didn't bring it up as much yeah if that makes sense it just seemed like it was more like someone that was like like trying to blame something if that makes exactly. sense they're like oh like vaccines cause autism and it's like first of all there's nothing wrong with autism yeah. <laughs> you know that's it, the whole thing that the psychologist guy was saying is you're going to try and find something to blame it on. Right. And in ancient times, the only thing you had was fairies or devils. So. Yeah. You got fairies or demons. <laughs> and thankfully now, like that's when there's so, there's so much like negativity of like having access to the internet 24 seven and all the knowledge in the universe. Right. But I think one of the cool things is we're able to get information on this stuff and we aren't accusing people of being changelings because yeah. they are learning different or they look away that a lot of people don't consider like the status quo, you know, like it's opened up people's horizons, hopefully. So it's helped with us dismissing the negativity of changelings just being really problematic and being like, yeah. oh, they're, we'll just say it's fairy stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, I also feel like I'm really bad with words, which is why sometimes I like, try yeah. to avoid no, talking. All right. Um, I speak yeah, with I just, my heart. 
So I'm trying I just to... wanted to make sure we brought that up. Um, You're right. A more, a more fun modern take is I saw a theory. Have you ever seen the movie Coraline? Yes. I, I was watching a video that was basically the fake mother with the eyes that she was a changeling or at least a fairy because cause she would I mean first off she kidnaps Coraline essentially and makes her like you know all happy and then she and you and the part that I didn't know is like they leave things behind like plants or whatever yes. and I believe that's a big part of that movie it's been a long time since I've seen Coraline but yeah let me know what you think people um, I'm trying to think. I, I watch Coraline every few months. It's one of my comfort shows, actually. <laughs> yeah. I like Spotify. the creep, creepy stop motion that isn't gory. It's like yeah. just spooky. <laughs> Spotify has a little like section where we can ask questions now. So the question that's going to be on Spotify is, is Coraline about a changeling? Um, and let's let's see what you guys think. Um, cause I'm trying to use that feature more. I put it on the last episode, but I don't even know how to access it on Spotify. I just know it's an option. So we're going to figure it out. We get answers to it. People will comment. Someone was so sweet and commented in our last episode. Like, I can't even remember, but it just like made me happy. I need to send you stats. <laughs> I turned off my phone because it kept buzzing. <laughs> so. I feel that. And it, I forgot how to turn off my phone. That's why I, you may have heard a few screenshots and stuff. <laughs> I was like, I think it's this button. <laughs> but no, oh, that's so cool. I also know there's that one Changeling movie with like Angelina Jolie in it. And yeah, like, I looked that one up. That one didn't seem to have anything to do with fairies. It was more so like this, her kid got kidnapped and then they just give her a kid back. And she's like, this isn't my kid. And it's a bunch of these, like, cops and, like, people being like, this is definitely your kid, even though it's definitely not her kid. Um, so that one was a little less, like, whimsical and a little more. Uh, yeah. But the movie is called Changelings. You are correct. There, There's, like, a true crime case about that where um, this, like, kid pretended this, like, full-grown adult had the thing where he, like, looked like a kid. And it's a oh. wild case, and pretty much he he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm their child, and, like, pretends to be their child for, like, years oh, and stuff. Heck? It's, Ryan, it's so wild. And the craziest thing is, like, that isn't that person's first time doing it. Like, it's done it with, like, <laughs> multiple families. Oh, my God. I'll have to find it. It's, like, yeah. crazy fascinating, like got Please away do. with it for so long and would do things like would like dye their hair to change to like match the kid and it and like just live high school forever which sounds like a personal version of hell to me yeah. if you're asking me but anyway changelings are wild wild yeah. little fairy babies um all right well should we get to some announcements before we uh, hit up this last slide? Oh, yeah. Time for the lore report. And I forgot to send it to Ryan, but we have a hoo-hoo. Do you actually have a jingle now? Yeah, I have a little hoo-hoo, like a little nice. owl that's really cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> hoo-hoo, that's the sound uh, for now. <laughs> so first one, huge news. People, we have, have started to send us fan art. 
and I have only cried twice about it, which is great. <laughs> so, if you have any fan art, if you are listening to our episodes and you feel inspired, or you want to draw a stick figure hunting down Bigfoot and you want to send it to us, send it to us. You can tag us on Instagram. You can post it in our Discord channel. The links for these are all available at alori.com forward slash links, L-I-N-K-S. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can mail us something. We have yep. a P.O. box. It just collects yep. dust and spam mail. So if you send yep. something, that's awesome because <laughs> I have to use it anyway. Um it, that let me give the PO for that. Okay, so you can just address it to Loring Network or me, Kimmy Hammonds, and it's one nine three five South, eleven hundred East, PO Box five two two zero zero one, Salt Lake City, Utah eight four one five two. Send your fan art. If we get enough fan art through any of those channels. I will totally make a fan art page on our website that people can check out. And then you can like put your like little hashtag of your username or your website if you want people to look at it too. So yeah. just think about it. Send one us got, stuff. One got posted in Discord a couple of weeks ago. It was like of the Mothman consoling the Jersey Devil. Um, I love it so fantastic. much. Fantastic. Um, so join the Discord if you want to see that one until it's up on our website. But um, Oh, and then we have the beautiful that hangs on my wall because I won't let you have it. The cross-stitch yeah. of the Alorian logo that, that I stare. Cool. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, where were we? Okay. Your More turn. exciting news. The shop has been updated. You can see it for yourself at alluringshop.com. That's all you got to type. You don't got to do the slash shop anymore. Just alluringshop.com. But if you still want to go to alluring.com, if you click the shop button, it'll just bring you there instead. We did this so that shopping was easier and we could add more items to our shop. So don't forget to check it out. And if you have any ideas of something you'd like to see, feel free to message us. Merch is fun to make. Um... We've had a few people send in requests of quotes we may have forgotten about on the show, asking to be on some merch, uh, which is great because we don't remember anything we say. <laughs> as soon as we stop recording, it's just like, <laughs> gone. Clears um, out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those will hopefully be in the shop. So send those in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the final one is we have some fun collaboration giveaways. Um, I am very excited. Brian is very excited, and our collaborators are very excited. So make sure you're following us on Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. These will be the places you can enter the giveaways. Um, and final note, go write a five-star review about our podcast on Apple Podcasts today. Do it. It's free. You just, like, listen to us for an hour. We just gave you an hour of our time because we love you guys and now mm -hmm. you just give us five minutes you write a review and that's all we ask for that's all. just a little little appreciation and love will maybe make us cry a beautiful tear you can say your team camper team cryptid team folklore or why you just like the show and that means the team world to us 
Um, links not from... a lot of not a lot of team folklore uh, people so far. It's been mostly team cryptid. So listen, shout out. You the may be getting strong. a lot of team cryptid in the reviews, but I'm getting a lot of team folklore on Patreon. Well, so you know. so you know, you'll see. It's fine. Then you can listen to Ryan and I bicker about it every week. So it's fine because hashtag team folklore and I want to finish this so I can end on a win is links for those can be found at loring.com forward slash links L-I-N-K-S or on our website. Just go to Loring, click on the Loring listen page and go team folklore. Next segment. Let's just... oh, can I also add, um, I know we <laughs> talked about it last episode, but we have a second podcast now yes please talk about it the creepy camper podcast where we talk about movies that are creepy um maybe some tv shows we'll see um but yeah right now live is the menu um i believe this episode will come out around the same time as our episode talking about the fantastic horror movie smile so if you're into horror movies or if you're too afraid to watch horror movies and you just want someone to break them down for you so you can like pretend that you saw them with your friends, come check it out. Uh, Creepy Camera Podcast. It's on the Alluring website. There's a link to it. Go check it out. All right. And we'll be changing the cover soon. So if yeah. you want to go listen now while we have this one before it gets updated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time for the Alluring Alarm Chat. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, that's me. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Oh, I know what it is. Boop. Did you boop, upload it? Boop, boop. Boop, boop. I had, boop. I had the uh, I had the gif up still for the uh, for the modern takes, <laughs> but we got there. Oh, okay. We're, we're about in the same agreeance. Listen, see, this is what I like to see. I like to see. The balance in the universe, right there, and I put them a little more good, okay. Because I feel like the fairies are more the bad ones in this situation, and not necessarily the changeling themselves, unless the changeling is the fairy pretending to be a kid. You know, that's a really good like point. Two camps of changelings, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point because the changelings. Minus the creepy old man that just want to sit, suck on human titties, you know? Yeah, those ones, chaotic evil. Done. Easy. That yeah, Like, that's easy. an easy fix. But, like, just the changelings in general, the their fairies are dropping them off like parents that don't know how to raise their children drop yeah. them off at their grandparents, you know? You know what I'm talking about? It's like that same kind of energy. So, I feel in the stories is it's actually the parents, both sides, are more towards the evil you know what yeah. i mean not yeah. the moms that don't cook their children but like yeah. the, the ones that like kill their wife mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? so wow this is nice i like the few moments in time james where we kennedy agree. lawful good james kennedy lawful <laughs> good <laughs> wow this is nice i don't know do you have any other comments on lauren lyman shot we're we're here at oh. chaotic neutral good that's kind yeah. of where we're ending that. Yeah. Oh. No. Sounds good. Oh, that's so Get nice. To our takeaways. Yeah, let's do our takeaways. Um, mine is that horchata, or sorry, um, 
mother's milk is the horchata of the womb. <laughs> and mine says, don't burn your wife. <laughs> Both equally fair. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been alluring. You just have the most alluring time you've ever had. And we'll catch you in the next episode. <gasps> Bye. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legends you would like us to discuss, email us at Alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now. I'm Alex from Strange Talk. For anyone into weird stuff, you have found your people. We tackle topics of the bizarre, supernatural, and otherworldly in an easy conversational format. If you need to wander down some research rabbit holes, Strange Talk will provide all the fodder you need. You can tune in Thursday nights, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Radio Artifact in Cincinnati, or anywhere around the entire planet Earth at RadioArtifact.com. <laughs>